every podcast needs a goober, right? You can be the guy who presses all the buttons to do all the sound effects, and right now, though, you're getting flushed down the toilet because that Back to Basics kicked your ass. Oh, it did. <laughs> Hard. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, Danny Oakstead, and Big G. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 168 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news podcast for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts. I'm Matt. We don't have Danny tonight, but over there we got Big G. Hey, hey. And uh, last but now found, Anthony is back. I'm back. Uh, also, tonight, kind of filling in for Danny, but just already way better than Danny. We have Tandy at TandyMTG from Twitter joining us tonight. And I am excited. And uh, I, everybody knows when we talk with big creators, I, I just start to lose my mind a little bit. So it's probably a good oh, thing. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm just a guy, man. <laughs> Just a guy who plays freaking card games for a living. That's all. Yeah, but your commentary is just so good. And uh, I, like listening to you on on the Star City Circuit, it was just like talking cards, just like really caught me on. And then you also got um, one, one thing that really uh, like got me into you more was when you were doing the big red, chonky red Pioneer decks when Pioneer first came out uh, with uh, Killigerm, how you guys were like going back and forth there for the chonky red decks. And I'm like, oh, yeah. No, that, that was some of my favorite deck building time in Magic was the, the early days of Pioneer. You know, not only did they have the super degenerate, like, first month of cards being legal, you know, where they would s- slowly ban things based on, you know, how many people went 5-0 in the leagues and what dominated the weekend events and, you know, just generally watching how those cards all interacted together. The format started crazy. It was literally just five fetch lands are banned. And the worst of the worst is on the loose and the day that they announced this format it was like monday morning at noon or whatever i literally got on uh magic online as quickly as i could i messaged a couple of my friends i was like hey get building i need people to play against on stream today and we just went crazy the first deck i built was like jeskai ascendancy combo with emery right and it was busted i was killing on like turn four turn five i was playing treasure cruise I don't think y'all understand. Y'all been spoiled. Y'all have gotten to play with Treasure Cruise for three years. It was banned and everything so quickly. And when it got unleashed in Pioneer, it's its own thing. And it's now it's like a diva, right? Like, everyone loves it. Like, everyone who plays Blue is, like, bowing at the feet of Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time because they didn't get banned. But they're still crazy good. And so it's just so crazy to me to, to see this format uh, the pioneer became because that's where it started was was with these outrageous cards legal and slowly through bands and whittling things down we're now at a point where fable of the mirror breaker the lowly fable of the mirror breaker is one of the best cards and that's a pretty cool place to be if you ask me so very much agree with that so so yeah we got we got tandy here on the episode with us and uh you want to give a quick uh i guess quick introduction before we go further in of who you are so people i mean uh, i'm pretty sure people know who you are but do, do that whole shtick the whole spiel oh man the whole reason i'm here is to reach people so uh i'm tandy uh, i stream on twitch it's twitch.tv slash tandy in i think the problem is you know as most of you may know when you try to look for a handle on things you need to sometimes have numbers 
uh, in your handle or whatever, or MTG. So, like, many of my things are Tandy, and some are Tandy MTG. So, you know, YouTube.com slash Tandy, Patreon.com slash Tandy, Twitch.tv slash Tandy. These are places where I post my content. You know, we got videos, live stream, written content. I do sideboard guides. I do one-on-one coaching uh, as part of the Patreon program. If you'd like to join uh, at the the top-tier level, that's another thing that I do. So... Um, everything magic related. I do commentary. I've been contracted multiple times by multiple organizations to do commentary. Um, I was tapped by uh, on MTG uh, Anurag. Yeah, uh, Anurag. He's been doing like the guerrilla coverage stuff, and they, you know, got him to do the regional championship stuff. And um, he asked me if I want to be a part of the San Diego team, and I, I'm qualified to play. And I was torn at first. I was like, you know what? I want to. This sounds like fun. So I'm, I've been doing a lot of commentary and really enjoying it. Uh, for the people over at uh, Apex Games uh, out in Caldwell, Ohio, we're going to be out there in a week and change. Me and Ross are going to do commentary over one of their um, you know, invitational qualifier events, RCQs, etc. So, yeah, that's me. I'm Tandy. I play Magic. <laughs> well, thank you, Tandy, for joining us. I'm excited to get to the part where we're going to be talking about uh, new school and stuff. So, Let's begin our episode by thanking also you, dear listeners. Your choice to tune into this program directly changes the dynamic of this podcast from us speaking to the blind eternities to us actually speaking to an audience, hopefully an audience that enjoys what we're producing, but an audience nonetheless. And it is truly humbling for us. So from the bottom of our heart, hot, hearts, hearts, speak, Matt, and deck boxes, <laughs> we thank you. Uh, also, we want to give a big special thank you to our Patreons of this podcast. Uh, the support of these crazy motherfuckers cover the maintenance, production, and expansion of the podcast. So we give a big ginormous welcome to Wade97, Amu the Fox, Noah, Slade, Nikki, No Modifier, Jacob, Christian, Maddie K, Barra, Chimera, Ernest D, KCB, Memorize, and Chapman. He's back! Chapman is back. Hell yeah. Hey. CEO Chapman. Nice. So uh, thank you to each and every one of you for your support. Uh, if you guys want to be crazy and supporting us as well, we have a Patreon. A couple tiers. $3 gets you put in for booster pack stuff. $10 gets put in for uh, commander card, flashy commander card uh, each month. There's a secret live stream. We're going to keep it sweet and short and try and jump into the podcast real quick. And uh, one more p- person we want to be thanking is J-Dubs Sports Cards and Gaming. Uh, for supporting us and sponsoring us. So let's hear an ad from them now. J-Dub Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one-stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening. J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. So thank you, J-Dubs, for supporting us. Now, with all that podcast business out of the way, let's move into this episode's breakdown, where I lay out how this episode is going to go for y'all. Starting off, we're going to go over to the Boggle Desk with Big G, who's going to tell us about some sugar and salt reports, and uh, it looks like probably talk about the Brawl League real quick. Yes, I will talk about the Brawl League this week. Okay. Yep. 
Then we have some upcoming events. Just a reminder for the MagicCon Philly and the Arena Decathlon. Going to jump into the news. Very light news week, as always, when it comes to the holiday season. We're going to talk about the RC year in review. And then also going to be talking about this very crazy Land of War Elves buyout. It's very wild. Yep. Uh, then from there, jump to the Conjured Currency section, where we just quickly talk about some magic finance price. And then the rest of the episode that everybody is hopefully here for is to talk with Tandy about New School. And then from that, when that's... Oh, you. You know we're here to talk about the Land of Worlds. Don't get anyone. Oh, that was Land of Worlds. It's yeah. so wild. Just reading the comments and stuff from people on MTG Finance, or on the, the uh, MTG Finance subreddit is just wild. But uh, we'll get to that when we get to that. So, Big G. Let's go over to the Boggle Desk. Sorry, I'm adding something in the notes. Oh, oh God, the notes! Don't worry, you'll see it when you get there. All right, so some some salt and sugar for you. Um, I don't have the salt this weekend. Uh, that's Anthony. So I'm going to start with the sugar right. though, because you know we like starting with that sweet stuff. Yeah. Um, had a buddy come down from Grand Forks, uh, one of our college buddies actually, because yep. for those of you who didn't know, Anthony and I went to college together. That's uh, magic is part of why we're friends. Um, it was. So we we try to a couple times a year get our some of our college group together, play some commander, play some uh hope do some draft because we've got some people that don't like playing commander in yep. our group. Or just see him play around with other decks and stuff and things they want to try out. But um so he was down here since like ten at ten o'clock in the morning, stayed until about nine o'clock at night. So him and I pretty much played all day together. And yeah, I mean we just we had some fun. We'd I played a good chunk of my decks. We had one of our buddies who hasn't played too much Magic come over, so he played some of my decks and just had some good times all the way around. And my decks did what they needed to do. Sometimes they won. Sometimes they didn't. It was it was all good, though. The way it goes, right? All right, Anthony, what saltiness do you have for us today? All right, to start off, my major salt part of this, of your lovely day, was the fact that you both had to choose a day that I couldn't just get off for work. Hey, we we talked Listen. about it in the group chat. <laughs> the two of us that we're spending all day together are teachers. We are on a completely different schedule. Yeah, yeah, you. yeah. I know. As I told you guys before, <laughs> that I was like, I have no leave left because of my new job. Anyways, that's not the major salt part, though. Become but, a teacher. Then you'd have that leave built in. No. <laughs> I'm going to stay where I'm working. I like my warehouse job. All right. But no, the salt stuff I have was uh, Matt. Yes. Garrett did it to me, too. <laughs> he... <laughs> Fucking manatite me. Oh. I couldn't be mad about it, though, because I'm like, no, yeah, I mean, that's that's a card yeah. you should be putting in the mono white commander deck. I mean, it's a good, right there, it's a good card. I agree. I'm just standing there like, okay, okay. And then, of course, I was nice. And uh, instead of getting back my Perilous Vault, I just took back my Oblivion Stone for my Emerald deck I have. And that cost me winning the game, but I was like, ah, whatever. But had a lot of fun though um, <laughs> with that part of it. Rob's I got just two. Got, Rob's got summoned somehow because of yes. manatee. Yeah, of course, up. of course. And then like, because um, I played, what did I play? I played. Uh, oh, I I played Grimlock. Okay. For my first one, so like, I was like, I got to play this because I haven't played in so long, and just had a good time. And our buddy really did not appreciate dinosaur slapping him in the face, <laughs> along with vehicles and transformer stuff. So. Hey, I took one of your dinosaurs. Uh, no, I didn't take it. I made a copy of it. Yeah, you made a copy. So we both I hard casted uh, Zatulpa. <laughs> oh, no. And my friend like literally shat his pants. And all of a sudden, Garrett's like, well, it's not that big a deal. Frexia metamorph that. And I'm like, see, it's not that big a deal, Joey. He's got one, too. <laughs> Why don't you get one, Joey? Yeah, just get one. Didn't want I to think one. the rest. I think Joey, that game, had definitely has more salt than you do. Because yeah. he's sitting there like, well, I can't. 
freaking swing at you. You got the big dumb monster. God. And now fucking Garrett has one too. God <laughs> so, damn it. Yeah, it was it was what it was. Two games is all I got to play. But then I did actually uh play some spell table last night with uh good old Danny and Robs and a new guy we made friends with that's a part of our Discord now is uh Night Tech. Oh shit. Yeah, so he uh um he played with us, we did about three games. And I proceeded to play the role of you of everyone picking on me. So I was like, oh, that's fine with me. That sounds good. Wear that mantle good. with honor, good. sir. I, that's fine. I know what happens. But yeah, <laughs> Look, the worst. The group dynamic always has the, the scariest guy gets picked on, man. So you should take that with a badge of honor. I do take it with a badge of honor. And then nope. to find out when, like, when I first met Matt and everything, he's like, yeah, you know, it kind of happens like, in commando time. Like Danny's like constantly about, you got to kill Matt right away. And I'm like. Hey, I know how this feels all the time too. <laughs> and then the best part was when we all played together, I got left alone, so I could actually win one of the games. So I was like, <laughs> even better, Danny. Thank you. Um, but no, I would say last night was a lot of fun. I I didn't mind losing. That wasn't a big deal. Because the nice thing was everyone else won one of the games. And I was like, well, that's cool. Um, but I would definitely say that Rob's had probably one of the coolest things ever, which was the the blue shits deck. <laughs> And then, like for Tandy, for you to know what it is, it's basically an anti-control blue deck. It's a it's a blue group hug deck. Yeah, which is it's really interesting and fun to watch. But like the worst part about playing against it was he. So our friend played a Magnus of the uh, the Green Magnus. What's his name? Grove Vineyard. Uh, So he had on turn two, he was able to drop it back to basics, and I just looked down my board and I'm like, (laughs) "Yep, my." My lands and my lands in my hand are now worthless because I cannot do anything with them. Uh, and I had all lands in my hand that come into play tapped for non-basics. So my if y'all if y'all had sound effects, this would be a good time for a flushing sound. Oh, definitely. <laughs> we, we've got Danny is big on wanting his little keyboard for sound effects yeah. and matches. We needs need to, work to get on dude. Those. Every every podcast needs a goober, right? You can be the guy who presses all the buttons to do all the sound effects. And right now, though. You were getting flushed on the toilet because that back to basics kicked your ass. Oh, it did hard. <laughs> As I looked at my Grand Arbiter, and I was like, uh, sorry, buddy. I guess we're not playing today. <laughs> but that was okay. Rob's, Rob's at the end. He's like, Tom, he's like, well, I didn't mean to like harsh on your whole thing. I'm like, nope, don't worry about it. I was like, that was fun. I enjoyed watching people like really play. So it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. I like seeing the oddball decks and everything. But Still part of the salt content? Is yep, still it, it's the still the salt. Yep, but okay, that's, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, but for the most part, though, salt wise, yeah, I was the biggest thing was uh, <laughs> this uh, douchebag over here next man. to me. This man, I tell you, that's right, playing counter magic in white. What up? Yeah, T- Tandy, do you, do you got a, yeah. a salt or sugar report yourself at all this last week? Uh, today I got whipped by Prime Seeker Vanifar and Pioneer. That pissed me off. You know, <laughs> I'm playing Rakdos, best deck in the format. My opponent is playing Militia Bugler. You know how hard it is to beat a Militia Bugler in your one-for-one removal deck? It's impossible. (laughs) (laughs) They just kept Phyrexian metamorphing it or whatever the the land one is, the land clone. I forget his name. Glasspole Mimic. That's the one. Yep. But they just Militia Bugler me like, you know, 18 times in a row. So, yes, Militia Bugler. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) It was so funny when when he was like starting to present uh, his combo there. You're like, I'm gonna let him see. It. I'm gonna see if this is infinite and stuff. <laughs> you can just yeah. tell your. Oh, it's not infinite. It's just massive. <laughs> and then they all have haste, so that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, fucking. That, that was fun one to watch. 
Tandy, is it up on YouTube so I can go take a look at it? Or was it just up on your stream? Uh, it was just up on my stream today. It was uh, one of my matches earlier. I, I think it was the second to last or last match of the day on the VODs on Twitch. Gotcha. But uh, don't know if it's going to go on YouTube, but maybe it should. <laughs> should for the laughs. You got to well, go for the laughs. Well, you got to get it with the sound effects, though. So, you know, the flushing, <laughs> toilet. flushing toilet sound <laughs> yeah. for you then. Yeah. It's fucking bugler. I got a, I got, see, I got a guy who does that. So. Oh, there you go. We got to get a guy. We got a guy. He just doesn't have the equipment. Yes. Yeah, you just give oh, Goober damn. the panels to press, right? Just the little steam stream decker. That's all you got to get. They're not that expensive. Elgato, pay me. <laughs> there, we, there we go. Elgato, get at Tandy. All right. But moving forward with the event results, un- well, fortunately, unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, holidays were around, so really there, there aren't many new events that happened since before Christmas Eve. So... Uh, don't really have any updates for you on those bigger events, but this week in MTG's Jingle Brawl League. <laughs> so um, for those of you who don't know, um, and Tandy, jump in our Discord, be a part of it, so then you can <laughs> then you can come and do some friendly brawl with us the next time we get this league going. Um, I love a good weird magic format, man. You don't got to sell me. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yeah buddy. Um, so we, we do our friendly brawl, and right now um, people are getting their games in. I know I got two in today. Uh, I feel bad about my win against Christian because he just couldn't get shit out. Like, he was mana drought, and oh. I just kept playing shit. So I felt bad. Nomad uh, decided to wimp out because he got lucky against Casey, but then I beat Casey today. So Yeah, yeah. Um, but looking at things, it looks like uh, Matt is going for a shoot the moon because he hasn't won a game yet. I beat Danny. It just hasn't given a report yet. Then okay, then I will <gasps> report that in right now. Nice. I got I got clapped though. So Danny, as uh, dear listeners know, he 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 vehemently hates counter spells, hates them with a passion, and, and blue it, specifically blue too. Specifically blue. As so he told me all the time through my game, even he he's playing uh, Joda Shrines for Brawl. Okay, and uh, I have an essence capture ready to counter his Joda when he casts it. Beautiful. Uh, but he ca- on turn five, he casts the uh, the Shrine of Rage and is to start dealing damage. Like, okay, leaving that. I can deal with that later. I can bounce the fuck out of it. But uh, <laughs> so then on turn six, when he's going to ca- he cast Jota, I'm like, yes, I got him. going to Essence Capture. And I didn't have any other mana open. So it's like, I just had the two mana for the Essence Capture. This motherfucker comes and spell pierces my ass. That's so his beautiful. Jota gets out. That's and I'm like, beautiful. Ooh, <laughs> no. Give me a little medicine. All right, but just giving a basic rundown because we've only got ten players playing in the brawl league. Nomad is sitting at a three and two record right now. I'm sitting at a two and zero record. Uh, Danny is sitting at a one and three. Matt is sitting at a one and five. Anthony is sitting at a three and one. Chad D is sitting at a three and one as well. Christian is zero and two right now. Barra is two and zero, and then Chris or Casey is one and two. And dude. CEO Chapman. CEO Chapman uh, currently hasn't played any matches, so he's zero and zero. But he hasn't lost any. That's so right. yeah, there he's we go. He's doing better than me. <laughs> so uh, our brawl league will be going. What did I say until the nineteenth? I thought you said to like, yeah. I think uh, that's right. Nineteenth or 29th? There's a nine in there. I, I can just 19th. go to our tin post. Uh, the twelfth. So January twelfth. Oh, it's shorter than we thought. Yeah. January 12th for us to get all of our games in by that point, and we don't have really have a schedule for it. It's just you you pop onto our Jingle Brawl channel and say, hey, I'm ready for a game. Anyone who's up, uh, if I haven't played you yet, let's get in our game in, and you go play your game, and it's a best of one, so there you go. Just at me, bro. 
All right, but now let's talk about some upcoming events. So we've got MagicCon Philadelphia coming up February 17th through the 19th of 2023. That's right, folks. We've escaped 2022. We're into 2023 where MagicCons are back. Let's all take it slow and easy. Yeah, let's, let's not, not get, scare let's anything. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I got a, I got a real talk part uh, topic for this moment. Uh, how many of you have already accidentally written... 2022 on something in the last two days oh not yet no i haven't done that yet i was about to say i've got i've got tomorrow being my first day back to school so it'll probably happen tomorrow yeah i haven't had to write i haven't had to write a days are bad (laughs) i haven't had to write a date yet so that helps yeah i i I don't got a date to write until tomorrow i actually had two days off in a row which is a miracle for me nice blast like it scares me a little bit here (laughs) do you feel arrested now matt I do. I feel weird for having time off to do shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. But what I'm going to do here as far as talking about uh, some of our Magicon Philly stuff is just going to kind of run down what the tickets are going to look like because for those of you in in the uh, tri-state area, so Fargo or you know North Dakota, Min- South Dakota, Minnesota, we've got Magicon Minneapolis coming up. So these pricings and what you get could be very similar. So make sure you're paying attention here. Yeah, the ticket prices for Minneapolis have not been announced yet. So yep. I imagine it's going to come after Philly. So you can get a one-day pass for either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, and they are $60, and th- this is what those include. You will get one traditional foil Arcane Signet promo. You will get one Mystery Booster Convention Edition booster, and then three Phyrexian All-Will-Be-One Draft Boosters, all for 60 bucks. And you get your lanyard. Sorry, I forgot to mention the lanyard. That's the most important part. You get your That's lanyard for your your, your Friday, your Saturday, or your Sunday. And for those of you sitting here, oh, man, I could just pay 180 bucks and get a, a three one-day passes. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to save you 20 bucks. You got some deals. You're going to save you 20 bucks? Well, I'm not going. Well, I'm going to with the information I'm oh, giving. Okay, okay. Okay. So there is a full weekend pass, which is $160, which gets you a full weekend pass. Pass badge and lanyard, one traditional foil arcane signet promo, one convention mystery booster edition booster, or sorry, mystery booster convention edition booster. Say that ten times fast. This is almost as bad as the specifically Pacific stuff. You do this to yourself, man. I know I do. You will get six Phyrexian. All will be one draft boosters, and then you get an exclusive Magicon Philly Atraxa playmat. And that's for the weekend pass. Then the Commander VIP, 350 bucks. You get that weekend badge with the lanyard. You get two traditional foil arcane signets now. Three mystery booster convention edition booster packs. Three Phyrexia all will be one collector booster packs. The exclusive Magicon Philly Atraxa playmat. The Atraxa, the exclusive Magicon Philly Atraxa deck box and sleeves, command zone access all weekend long, one official event pin, and 10% off event exclusive merchandise. And I hear you over there, Matt. I hear you. I hear you channeling JB going, well, wait, what about the whales? What do the whales get? Oh, Don't yeah. worry. We got something for the whales of the world, too. Four. A measly $700. You could be on the Black Lotus VIP tickets where you will get that weekend badge and lanyard, four traditional Arcane Signet promos, three Mystery Booster Convention Edition booster packs, 
three Phyrexia All Will Be One collector booster packs, in addition to three Phyrexia All Will Be One booster packs, the exclusive playmat, the deck box, the sleeves. You will even get a secret layer. Look at those kitties. <laughs> the most vicious of kitties is in there. And I was really tempted to mess that up on purpose and say, look at those titties and see how many people go, oh my God, that's going to be the most epic secret layer ever. You're going to get all the weebs loving it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but then you get a Timbuk2 backpack, command zone access all weekend, the exclusive Black Lotus VIP event that starts on Sunday at 11 a.m., and complimentary access to the Magicon Philly party. You get access to the VIP lounge. You get a, an official event pin, and you get ten percent off that merchandise. There's but, there's one thing I don't see here. They don't give you those uh, those proxy packs. The 30th, I know it's really weird edition, that you don't right? get the they proxy don't. packs. It's it's unheard they, of. They're even. How how much do we want? Well, to I heard those cards weren't tournament legal. Is that true? <laughs> no, uh, no, they've got to be tournament legal for the price they're selling them at. Yeah, there, people Tandy. can play with those cards. <laughs> oh wait, just oh what. I'm hearing it in my ear pierce. They're not tournament legal, but they're still going to be $250 a pack. <laughs> this uh, is another flushing emoji sound. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we do have some ticket add-ons, so you can, uh, if you don't get that VIP ticket, spend in the $700. The measly. The measly $700. Pocket change. Pocket you change. can get some ticketed add-ons, so you can get into that Magicon Philadelphia party, uh, the description they have on there, our perfect nighttime gathering won't be complete. The, you know, the, the, the magic spelling of complete Explaining without the joke you. Ruins the joke. Shut up. <laughs> Join us on February 18th at 8 oh. p.m. <laughs> and uh, exult in the glory of Phyrexia and party like a praetor. Come in costume if you wish. Dance, drink, mingle with fellow fans and magic personality. It is for 21 and up only. So it'll be held at an off-site location. More venue information coming soon. Uh, you can also enter, do a one-day entry for the Command Zone All Access. That's $30. They don't give a price for the uh, for the Magicon Philadelphia party pr uh, add-on. So... Sorry about that. But they do have a command zone all access weekend pass, which is an additional $75. And that's about it for Magicon Philly. So uh, for those of you who are uh, thinking, hey, I won't be able to get to Philly, but I can get to Minneapolis. Tickets haven't gone on sale yet, but that maybe gives you a rough guesstimate on what those prices will look like. They could be different based off of it being in Minneapolis versus Philadelphia. Uh, they could be the exact same. Who knows? But jumping on, uh, we talked about it last week, but now things are in full, starting to be in full swing. The MTG Arena Decathlon. Currently, the popper and the uh, jump in, so the jump start events are going. So you know, I heard uh, I heard that there. Um, oh, Robert, what's his name? God dang it! Uh, fire shoes. Everyone loves fire shoes, right? Fire Shoes posted a mono white deck for this popper event, and I just saw person after person after person retweeting mono white winning, just going 7 0, 7 1, 7 0, 7 0. So oh, I think yeah. that's the deck. That's All what right. I'm saying. So mono white popper. There we go. I haven't done the popper one. I'm in the middle of my jumpstart one right now. And I'm. All right. I don't have any info on jumpstart. My apologies. <laughs> so I'm 2 and 1 with, with a Boros build. So oh, pretty close to mono white. 
Pretty close. But you got that red in there for the extra oomph. Oomph. All right. <laughs> but here we go. Um, let's see. So like I said, we've got the jump in event, which is a jump start event. We've got the popper event, which you can challenge with a 60-card constructed deck. Um, remember, the for popper, the only rarity you can have in there is common, and then they do have cards that are banned, and that'll run until January 4th. So if you haven't jumped on there and made your mono-white popper deck, make sure to get on there. But then we've got some mixed Dominaria sealed. We've got some standard. We've got some alchemy coming up, drafting as well. Explorer, the traditional version, on Edge, which is a fun format that allows players to craft a deck only using cards from Streets of New Campana, Dominaria United, and Brothers War. So there's that. Um, and then remember, if you get three tokens, you get one entry into the Decathlon Finals. If you get seven tokens, you get two into the Decathlon Finals. And then if you get ten tokens, so there are only ten events, it's Decathlon, Decathlon, Deca meaning ten, it all makes sense. Yay, Thank you for that information. I'm here to teach. What Take can that I to say? Your bar trivia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you get two entries into the decathlon finals and ten play-in points. Um, so there we go. Uh, we did talk about it last week, but make sure to pay attention to the link if you want to get all the nitty gritty info for yourselves. So we're at the news portion. Let's go. Okay, so just like last week's episode, not a lot of MTG news came down the pipeline for us to talk about, but that doesn't mean that we don't have anything for this episode. Having a shorter news section will just get us to talking about news school with Tandy quicker. Year-in-review articles are abundant in the magic sphere at this exact moment, ranging from the best card printed in 2022, the best card art in 2022, to the best combo that came out in 2022. There's no end to the configuration of these articles. Uh, but one that we want to bring to you, dear listeners, attention is the Commander's Rule Committee 2022 Magic Goals and Grades article written by Sheldon Menry. This article just gives some insight on how plans the RC made at the end of last year to try and achieve in 2022 went. Starting off the article, Sheldon talks about the addition of Olivia Gabbard Hicks and Jim LePage to the Rules Committee, the RC, and the introduction of Rebel Tim Wallaby, and Benjamin Wheeler to the Commander Advisory Group, the CAG. Each of these people are contributing to maintaining and expressing arguably the core of the Commander format, the philosophy of Commander. Along with that, Olivia and Jim are working on a project that should come into fruition around the second quarter of 2023. Uh, another aspect of the goals of the RC that they set for themselves was the streamlining of the banned cards tool and other website updates like expanding the FAQ to have common rules interaction questions answered and updating the philosophy document. The ultimate goal of the band tools, band card tools would to have would be to have various levels of explanations of why cards are banned that can appeal to each level of commander player. For example, a new player just wants to find out the list and might not care the reason why Flash got banned, but someone more, some of the more committed players want to know a more in-depth reason why Flash is banned. The RC didn't fully achieve these goals this year, but they made progress. Sheldon states that Rebel agreed to take lead on development and implementation of this idea. Now, a quick note on the philosophy document, which is the heart of the commander format that the RC and CAG reference for any changes that could get made. The RC is, quote, not changing the underlying philosophy, but how we articulate is going to undergo a major update. The RC philosophy really focuses on the social experience of the game primarily rather than the tournament focused side of the format. 
Now to wrap up this bit of news, Sheldon also goes over the RC Discord and its evolution, the RC stream streaming sessions and how it isn't what it was supposed to be and how the rc is working to give voices to the next generation of content creators we think it's important to read what prominent people in the community have to say about this kind of stuff so the full article will be linked down below in the description yeah that'll be pretty interesting stuff yeah it's just interesting to read whenever sheldon has something it's like from last week the article when he was talking about ellis nord like that stuff makes waves and just highlighting it Anything that he writes can make waves. It's just kind of important. So Yeah, agreed. Agreed. God damn it, Anthony! I want news about Spider-Man on my desk yesterday! Oh, I'm sorry, but I don't have any news about Spider-Man. Well, what do you have? I have news about Land War Elves. All right, fine. Print it on the front page. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jeez. He's really hard. He's not ready for that one. <laughs> well, market manipulation is upon us, folks. Filthy MTG finance shenanigans are afoot. But in all seriousness now, this is one something... Int- what did you write, Matt? This one, never mind. I'm, I'm bad at reading. No, that's me. This one is something interesting and is fun news. Over on the Magic Finance subreddit, the user Lanor Elves for the Win made a post saying that they are the cause of the unlimited Lanor Elves buyout happening over on TCG Player. The reason for this, they stated, is quote, "I plan to cover one entire wall in my gaming room with these elves, the unlimited Lanor Elves version." To reach my goal, I need about 3,600 elves. Oh, my God. Think of all the mana. That, he has lots of mana. So this is the point is just asking people to post up their unlimited Lanor elves they have on TCG Market so the Lanor elves for the win can purchase them to achieve their goal. The user says they have collected about 2,200 Lanor elves over the past five years. Goddamn. I'm going to need to up my Tezzer game. <laughs> yeah, your Tezzer game is Bullocks compared it's to this. Shameful like, right now. Hey, that boy's really trying, man. Oh, Andy, just so you know, trying to get that room, man. Anthony is very much the Tezzeret guy, and yeah. on on Thursday he sat and showed our friend. He's like, I updated my Tezzeret collection. Look at it, and he's almost got the full binder filled. Your binder is bullshit compared to a wall. Yeah, no kidding. I'm sorry. When are you going to post those on your wall, by the way? Because you're not going to play them. <laughs> what? I'm not wrecking cards. Anyways, from what I found out, <laughs> there isn't a real reason for the user stated that they have chosen only unlimited Lanor Elves at the target of their purchasing spree, other than they stated they really like the art. Just to make it clear, that art isn't exclusive to the unlimited printing or the only one with that art in white border. It is on Alpha, Beta, and plenty others, printings, and borders. Okay, so let me tell you about the tumulus price of unlimited Lanor Elves on TCG Player. Currently, the market price is $11.95, with heavily played copies ranging from $9 to $16, and a near-mint copy reaching a whopping $25. That's a crisp, crisp card. It's a crisp unlimited card. <laughs> crisp unlimited card. Do we have, like, the numbers of a year ago? Like, what was this card a year ago? So I did have that pulled up here. And according to the TCG player price uh, from a year ago, wow, was surprisingly even eight bucks. Yeah, but it's like for the near mint, though. Yeah, market price for near mints was eight bucks, which is still bizarre because even near mints of like anything that's outside of. (laughs) It's just Lanor Elf. Like a promo card. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) Not just Lanor Elf. Thank you. I remember uh, this has been a decade now or something. Patrick Sullivan, we're just like chatting on air about, you know, something or another. And he brings up that he's been buying up, you know, 20 something Arabian Nights mountains. Like he was just looking for mountains for his deck. And 
just him talking about that kind of like made them cool. And all of a sudden you see, you know, every legacy burn player is playing Arabian Ice Mountains. And all of a sudden this card that he, you know, bought 20 of for his Monterey deck and legacy or whatever, every, you know, he's play, he, he doesn't hold them, right? Like he plays them in every deck. <laughs> and so now he just has 20 Arabian Nights Mountains that are worth, you know, hundreds of dollars or whatever when he was originally. <laughs> I don't know how much they're worth, but you get it. Yeah. <laughs> they, they went, they went ballistic. I don't know how much they were. They are now like. Yeah, I don't know what those are. Looking up in an Arabian Mountain on TCG Player, yeah. you could probably find it pretty quickly. But this Land of War Elf stuff. Oh, that's crazy. It actually breaks my mind that he's unable to get the 3600. I feel yeah. like my my understanding of magic economics or whatever just always allowed me to assume that if I needed an, an infinite number of, you know, any card, I could get it. Like, I'm actually super spoiled by Magic Online. Like, Magic Online collections are just permanent, like, forever. And there's just so many robots that you interact with to get cards from, you know, buying stuff or chains or whatever, to, or borrow services and stuff. Like, there's just so many, um, like, different uh, ways to keep track of your collection, right? And in real life, though, like people sell their collection or things get thrown away and or just like one guy just buys out every single <laughs> store on the Internet of one specific common. And then all of a sudden, the, the people who do have them hiding in shoeboxes go looking and find them and then they sell them to their local dealer for eight dollars. And now they're twenty five dollars. It's like it, it, it's weird. It's weird, though. It just blows my mind that these unlimited, because you can look at all the other Land of War elves, like all them other, uh, excluding like the promo versions and like alpha, beta, like those ones are like a couple hundred dollars still, but like 10th edition, Dominaria, uh, 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 Dominaria and stuff like that. All of them are just like 15 cents, 10 cents, a quarter and stuff. But yeah. no, this one is now going up to the prices of uh, unlimited and beta kind of thing. I think... Um, what was it? Uh, Chronicles, I think, is like a forty-five dollar Land of War Elf right now, or was it a? Okay, but this the same conversation. This exact same conversation happened twenty years ago when Chronicles came out, right? Like Chronicles was like a joke. It was white bordered. Everyone was like scoff white bordered cards. Like these are not the things that I want. These are not original. And then Wasi just leans into it. They're like, yes, they're not. These are reprints. These are like things that were expensive. These are. Game pieces you get to play with that are legal in your game, but do not get to like supersede the collectability of the the things that are in Black Border, right? That was this happened. Like this is a thing that I have talked about before. <laughs> it's been a long time, but which is very interesting. That whole Chronicles era. Era. I was not playing at that point, and just like they printed the shit out of it. The one of the first things I did when I started playing Magic, I looked up Red Elemental Blast. I had a Red Elemental Blast. Right, but it was white bordered, and on, I saw on this one website that it was twenty five dollars. And so when I went to go trade with my local store owner, yep. I was like, "Hey, check out this fire blast! It's twenty five dollars." Says so on this thing, and he's like, "Actually, that's Chronicles. That's actually, I'm excuse me, it was Active Volcano. That was it wasn't quite oh. Power Blast. It was in the same ballpark, though." <laughs> right, right. Anyway, anyway, I had this conversation with my local store owner twenty years ago. <laughs> Is is this just one of those things that magic will just perpetually be having these kind of conversations every so amounts uh, every every yeah, x of amount course. of years? Where it's all the same problems. It's all collectability, <laughs> and it's all the markets, and it's all the tournaments and the competitive formats. It's all a, an ecosystem of players that all kind of 
bring each other back in in various ways based on the cool new format everyone's playing. You know, like Commander wasn't always a thing. Like tournaments were a huge deal, and now though I think Commander's like a super big driving yeah. force of just a, like a raw entity of players that interact with the game, and and like. I am so spoiled. I have my own little tight-knit community where we're just over here playing hardcore tournament magic, and we don't see this, like, giant ecosphere of commander players and, and like, people who play in Arena for fun or on mobile or whatever. Like, we just don't even... They're not even in our rearview mirror, you know? You're, like, you're talking about these bundles for this event, and I, I have made my decision three months ago or whatever. I am not going to this tournament. This is not for me, right? So, like... You know, it's just awesome to be able to get to interact with all these these different parts of magic, and then like just having these same conversations about new things. But like, you get to, you know, show people what's the right thing to do based on previous experience, and like, but here in this in this instance with the Lanarels, man, this is a, an anomaly. It's one that's like hard to quantify because it hasn't really happened that much before. Like these big buyouts of cards that are like pretty old, especially like beloved comments, like. Lanworlds has a ton of sentimental attachment, and this person very clearly wants a ton of them to do this wallpaper or whatever in the room. And that makes a lot of sense, but that will be a driving force for a long time to come, that those 3,600 Lanworlds and this story will be a driving force on an escalation of every Lanworlds price and collectability. That's just collectibles. It's crazy, but like, if you just compare it to things that happen like Marvel and DC Comics and stuff, like... Whenever they come out with a new movie, guess what? Comic spikes, you know, like uh, it's just it's just the nature of the beast. It's it's but it's so enormous and magic has become this enormous thing and and like it's hard for like old timers like myself to really fully comprehend that. It, it, Back it, in my day. Yeah. <laughs> MTG Luckily, I'm old as shit. <laughs> the uh the quote unquote MTG boomers having a hard time understanding why people just want to keep playing commander and casually. <laughs> And stuff, yeah. but th- yeah, this whole land—the fact that this guy has been doing this thing for Land of War Elves since for for five years, five he years—he can't do it. He can't do it. That's crazy. You can't get thirty-six hundred. Well, especially with like, I mean, you have TCG player. Like well, how the guys how even gonna... went to card market across seas yeah. to pick them up as well. Um, it, he doesn't. He didn't give like any information like where he's located from, but he's doing the arbitrage or whatever from card market across the seas as well to try and get some of this stuff. Also, too, kind of scare you how easy it is to erase a card from existence or whatever. Well, this person, this person is trying, trying to collect as many as they can. They are physically failing to find enough. That's terrifying. Someone could literally just buy up all the black lotuses and burn them. That what Scaramucci was not Scaramucci. What what was the the guy who went to jail who was going to buy all the black lotuses? What was his name? I don't remember his name. I haven't heard this one before. Oh, this oh is like God. this is like wasn't this all like before COVID kind of struck? Yeah, it was, he was the pharma bro. Everyone made fun of him, and he was yeah. gonna buy all the black lotuses. Yeah, because this came up multiple Dark times Panther. during COVID, where like there was the when the when the hype and well not hype, but People the, know the idea that Twitch is gonna know immediately. Yeah, but like when the when the buildup of everything of like take your money and put it into collectibles, like. This was one of the things that was brought up multiple times on different casts, different uh, sites and everything, talking about being like the realization that one person that never even played Magic even wanted to just buy one thing up 
and get rid of it. You just you could destroy the market for like ever being affordable. Yeah, it I was, mean, I don't want to get into like global politics or whatever. No, but that's no, like, but that's, that's what the diamond industry is too. Like, yeah, but that's just, but that's a scary thing inside of 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 our of our game that we love is like. Yeah, it's a completely fear. unregulated market. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy that it exists, honestly. Yeah, that, that part always does blow my mind of Magic just having so much money behind it as as like a, a, a financial vehicle. And it has like just regulation of nerds. Yeah. <laughs> to, to just yeah. kind of like outcry on Twitter being like, ah. Thank God for people that are super, super rich don't care about nerds though. <laughs> we, have, we have a few, but not enough, which is good. All right, I looked it up. It's Martin Screlly. Yes, that's the Martin guy. Screlly. He was farmer bro. He got arrested. He he was looking to buy into magic. It was actually like a big story in the magic community. Like I don't know, 2019, like late or something. Yep, it was late. It was and late then, 2019. Yeah, they fucking they even sold um, the Wu Tang Clan sold him an album just for him, and they had under contract that the Wu Tang Clan were allowed to take the rights back to the album. If they could sneak into his house and heist it without getting caught, <laughs> that, this is a legitimate thing that happened to this person. And this person wanted to buy all the black lotuses that ever existed, and he could have done it. He was a multi-millionaire billionaire guy who just like ripped off a ton of people and yeah. like went to jail for it. And like uh, that, but that could happen. Like someone could literally just destroy our our game's history. You know, at the very least, like. It would make all the black lo- like if someone destroyed a thousand black lotuses publicly, right? That would cr- cause a panic. Like people would just be like, "Holy shit!" Like I have to, I'm gonna like seal mine in a, a vault, right? And then that person, ten years from now, has a heart attack and dies, and that thing is sealed away forever. No one will ever see that thing again. And then, and then there's just so many black lotuses that are in circulation, like not very many. And then those even degrade over time. Like these are made of like paper mache. Like they're falling apart in front of us, you know. And so like, eventually, like we're just not going to have any more black lotuses, and that is scary to me. Yeah, that's a big deal. So, a lot of black lotuses get uh, get like graded and put into slabs, so it kind of like uh, extends their longevity. Uh, Tandy, did you hear about the person that has a full set of was a beta? That was PSA nine five, like a whole beta oh, yeah, set, the beta and collection it, that's getting sold. Yeah, and it's like selling for two point nine mil for the whole collection. Yeah, <laughs> and it's all it's all PSA graded at like nine five and better and stuff like that. That's crazy. That's so. Cool, I think though. I, think I, there I was love one... that collector shit. When I started playing, Magic was a joke. Like, the, <laughs> we had all these conversations about baseball cards and football cards, like. You know, uh, comic books that were like issue number one or whatever. Like now we're doing about magic collections, and that's awesome to me. Like when I when I was a kid, like Black Lotus was three hundred bucks. Like when I first started playing Magic, it was like holy shit, a Magic card is worth three hundred dollars. That was a huge deal. And now we're talking homes, cars, like for one card. That's that's incredible. It's, It's a collector's market. You know, people are willing to. To do these things, uh, you know, buy these cards and 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 like they're they're just such an important part of an entire culture and and like I've been there for so much of it and and like it's just really really cool, especially with the magic community being as like big as it as, as it is. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it was stated on that uh, that fireside call oh, that they think there's eighteen was it eighteen million 
I think it's 18 million. Yeah. 18 million like magic players across the world. Yep. And stuff like that. And it's just like 18, 18 billion or 18 million people is a lot of people that, uh, that care and interact with this game to, to varying degrees. But I feel like a good chunk of them definitely know about like the, uh, Black Lotus kind of, uh, ethos and are like, oh my gosh, the price behind it is wild. And yeah, it's, it's a just a, I love playing this game because too it's like sitting and looking at from when I started playing which like out of like prior to Anthony getting yeah. here I was the old man magic player. <laughs> back in my day. Back Zedica, in my day now Zedica I'm just now time. I'm now I'm sitting here going dad calm down. <laughs> no it's more like grandpa calm down. No it's it's <laughs> Dad, oh, but dad. you're my dad. Yeah, dad, calm down. Yeah. You're scaring the grandkids. I'm right scaring now. the grandkids. I know. Yeah, um, I mean, I just like hit, hit a note for me. Like with he, when Tanny talked about like the Black Lotus thing, I just remember like being in middle school and going to my local card shop and them having a full playset of the original Tarmogoyfs, like oh, just Tarmogoyfs. near mint Tarmogoyfs too. Looking at them, going, oh, I can't spend fifteen dollars a piece for those. I can't <laughs> now, do it. Now we're sitting here going, God, there was a time. Fuck. There was a time when it was like, fuck. Almost a thousand dollars for some nice ones. A piece, hell. Well, I mean, what do they look like now, though? They run banded. You know, basically like colliding in on itself. But 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 it's true though. You see the craziness of how that is, and like, (laughs) well, yeah. The the other part too. I was watching. I was scrolling through TikTok, getting my son asleep this afternoon, and some guy posted like, "Oh, twenty twenty three is gonna or twenty twenty three is gonna be a good year," and he opens up his his trade binder or his binder. And he's got some OG duels in there, and one of them, obviously, this guy's putting original sleeves on and everything, and has had these in the binder, and maybe has just moved them to a new binder. He had a tropical island with a twenty-five dollar sticker on it, and whether that is actually factual or it's just a, I'm going to see how oh. many people notice this oh, in the video. That that's a legitimate thing that was real at one point. So, well, and it, it, but what I'm trying to get at is. Is did that, he buy it for the $25 and he's had it in that sleeve the whole time? Or did he just go, I've a got a sticker gun, $25. Right. I mean, I believe it. When I first started playing Magic, it was like just before like cons and stuff and fetch lands. I was that schmuck that's like, who wants a fetch land? And I was like, oh. <laughs> trade away. And now it's like, oh no. I traded for like 10 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever. And it's like, they're now like 50 or whatever. My enjoyment of like when Garrett started playing was our group of friends had the whole thing of like, oh, Chase the Mind Sculptor. How good is this card? I'm just sitting there like, mm, I think I want those. I don't know what to do with those, but I might want those. And I got two of well, them. And I've and told them, the, them. I've, I've <laughs> like told them the story about how we made a, a Jace and we burnt it for Josh. Oh, I know. <laughs> Not Josh at J Dubs. No, no, our okay. friend Josh. A friend Josh we had for college. He he was very upset until he realized it wasn't that real. And I was like, ah, you're and, close. And I think we were sitting there going, God damn it, this thing's not fucking lighting. The card is not lighting on yeah, fire. Magic card is pretty pretty good against fire, which is yeah. impressive. But I don't you know, know about the quality nowadays, but hey, then was amazing. But you know what? All this talk about how much cards were valued yeah. and everything. Perfect segue into Conjured Currency. Yeah. Conjured Currency. In this, we go over three to five cards. We use the amazing site mtgstocks.com. Talk about uh, three to five cards that are moving up in price and three to five cards that are moving down in price. And... Um, what we what we've been trying these last few weeks is playing a little game, and maybe Tandy, you'd you'd uh, entertain us by playing this game with us here. We're gonna read Ooh. you a, we're gonna read you a card, 
and we want you to guess why you think this card is moving up in price. Uh, have you read the MTG Stocks Weekly Winners article? I have not, but uh, this should be pretty fun. I, I'm I'm generally mm. pretty good at this. I keep my hand in a lot of different pies across the magic sphere. I keep I keep an eye out on things. I am looking forward to this then. Okay, so first up on the weekly winners, we have Creeping Bloodsucker. It is black one for a 1-2 vampire that reads, at the beginning of your upkeep, Creeping Bloodsucker deals one damage to each opponent. You gain life equal to the damage dealt this way. Friday, it jumped up 89% and was at $3.14. Before that, it was like a buck. So why? Oh, it was only printed in Jumpstart just recently, Jumpstart 2022. So why do you think Creeping Bloodsucker has jumped up in price? Um, I think um, a lot of people probably are talking about uh, the new Elishnorn and any Endurance Battlefield car is going to have like a pretty cool... Um, like bonus now because that card's just going to be in every Mardu deck, every white X deck is just going to play an Elishnorn. Um, maybe someone tweeted about a vampire deck that used the I forget her name, the four mana uh, two two. Whenever it attacks, you can put a huge monster into play. Maybe a, is it Kalia? Yeah, Kalia the Vast. Yeah, uh, so maybe someone wrote recently about a Kalia deck. Those are my two guesses. Well, uh, the second one was pretty close with like uh, vampire esque kind of stuff um it's moving up card from the from jumpstart 2022 rudolph duskbringer it's rudolph R- rudolph 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 my bad rudolph so, no, no relation to the reindeer uh, nope. clearly not no nope. he does not have a red nose but i but think he's got a hand, red he's got a red collar i was gonna say a red hands from all the blood <laughs> a red hand and collar <laughs> but uh he is a five black four four vampire angel with flying death touch lifelink whenever you would gain life he gains indestructible till end of turn and at the beginning of your end step you may pay black and hybrid orzov when you do return target creature card with mana value x or less from your graveyard to the battlefield where X is the amount of life that you gain this turn. So the uh, creeping bloodsucker just can, in a full player, four player game of commander, can gain you three life there. And for th- two mana, you can get a three CMC creature or less at the end of turn. Awesome. Okay. I love little synergy combos like that. That's cool. Yeah. So that kind of stuff is moving up. Okay. Tandy, the next card Field Marshal, 10th edition. It is white, white one for a 2 2 human soldier. Other soldiers get plus one, plus one, and have first strike. It jumped up 68% on Friday and was at $9.73. Why is this moving up in price? I'll never be surprised by a card, like a creature type matters type lord or whatever, going up in price. Um, If I had to guess, um, I don't know, like... You know, the, there's there's been like a lot of cool soldiers decks in Commander. Like I, I know that they exist. I haven't played with them very much, but um, Field Marshal is just like one of very few of those uh, you know soldiers that uh, are lords for soldiers. There's just not that many. So and I don't that, know. And that is very correct because with uh, more soldiers being brought to the uh, the spotlight through Brothers War, like Myrael, Shield of Argov, and Harbin. Harbin vanguard aviator both soldiers soldier tribal decks are picking up in popularity because of that and then you also have that new uh white blue land that came out in brothers war that make that oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, what's that one called no, it's just a soldier land who cares okay just a soldier <laughs> land who cares there's more soldiers just support. A soldier land i'll look it up for you man i know you want to know 
And uh, yeah, so it's moving up in price because of that. And then you also have like uh, cold snap editions of Field Marshal moving up around $12 as well. So like an extra uh, $3 price tag on top of those. So now here's a commander card. Thy name, Their name is Death. This came out in the Warhammer 40k. We're only going to talk about the non-surge foil on this one. Black, 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 three, sorcery, destroy all non-artifact creatures. It jumped up 60% on Friday and was at $4.64. Y'all know why that card went up? Because it fucking rules. Because this may be the coolest name I've ever heard for a magic card, and it does the coolest thing. <laughs> that card fucking kicks so much ass. If I saw that card when I was 14 years old... I would have shit my pants, and I've shit my <laughs> pants for less, you know, like that. <laughs> like, I mean, look at that card. Holy shit. It is a sick-ass card, and with a name, their name is Death. Yeah. Oh, my that, God. That invokes just power, and I can imagine some sort of uh, Norwegian black metal band having, there has to be some Norwegian black metal band that has this as either their band name or multiple songs from. Most likely, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's great. I love I love those commander decks that they brought them out. They're so amazing. So so Tandy, we'll just give that to you for being yeah. for being the right answer there. But it's because I'd, of all the, all the I'd, art I'd decks. say more importantly because he said he would shit his pants. <laughs> <laughs> and he shit his pants for less. Shitting your pants, you win. Also, all right, also so, Matt, hold on. Matt's card that he wanted to know about was Fortified up. Beachhead. There we go. <laughs> for, say, say that again, but slower. Fortified. Fortified. Beachhead. Beachhead. <laughs> so in other words, you're saying you're in a tent and you're getting head on the beach. All right, cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's walls. <laughs> All the walls. All right, now for some cheap pickups. Uh, remember, the Weekly Winners article does have some cards that are moving down in price for you to pick up as well. But the first one is identified by the MTG Stocks Premium feature where a card is bottomed out and is starting to consistently move back up so the living death version from the warhammer for 40k decks is sitting at four dollars and 49 cents and starting to move up modern players take note there you go there you yeah. go all right next up is timeless lotus out of dominary united i love shit like this so much oh how the mighty start falling uh this when it was about to be released so this would be pre-release sitting at about that 40 dollar mark it is now sitting at $15 and slowly moving down. I'm so glad I offloaded mine around. I think it was like 35 that I got for uh, trade value on right. that one. Well, and I haven't gotten any, so I'm going to go get one now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or maybe wait a little bit longer. Yeah, we'll we'll maybe bit. talk about a oh, good way for me to identify when I should go pick this up later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Danny Look, won't be... That's what they say. Buy low, sell high, right? Oh, don't... <laughs> Danny, we got a whole bit... We got yeah. a whole bit for this, man. <laughs> uh, but then we've got uh, something that'll make Danny mad because more people will be playing them. Even Crypti better. Cryptic commands. Yeah. Uh, jumping down uh, from at $7.99 and moving down quickly. And this is specifically the modern Masters version. So, Well, it's all of them, but that one is the worst. Yeah. So... <laughs> They're all moving down, but that one, yeah, that one is moving down. The I got most. some insider information on why that one's going down. You want to hear it? Oh. It's because it's 
bad and modern. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only place it was ever good. I was about to say, it used yeah. to be good because it was played in modern all the time. Now there are different counter yeah. spells. Now and most different blue big decks want to play Urza Saga, yeah. and so you can't play four mana spells, so GG. See you later, Cryptic Command. Saga's too strong. I, I can't remember who posted this on Twitter, and, and maybe, Tandy, you know. Uh, someone was saying that, uh, that they feel that the cards like Cryptic Command could be printed into Pioneer. There's another one as well, but I remember Cryptic Command, especially because uh, yeah. I was a Cryptic Command player. Uh, very much so, and especially during the times of Mystic Sanctuary. I love that shit. God, I miss uh, Mystic Sanctuary. So you being a more yeah. well, uh, a more I hear in, Danny crying. <laughs> a more into the Pioneer format. What are your thoughts uh, on Cryptic Command possibly getting a print or getting put in Pioneer? How do you think it would fare in that format? Well, first of all, um, there's two ways for it to happen. The first is they make Pioneer Masters, and Pioneer Masters can just mirror. Modern Masters, however they want, or, or, you know, Modern Horizons, whatever they want to do. And it's just a made-for-Pioneer only, you know, these cards can be legal for Modern Backwards, too, if they want, you know. But that's how they're going to do it, uh, probably. And the other way is that they just reprint Cryptic Command into Standard. And I played the entirety of Standard, where Cryptic Command was legal. And it was, it was, I loved playing it, but I played against it a bunch, too and it's a bad feeling <laughs> to play against that <laughs> card when you go to do your cool thing and your opponent counters it and ruins your day on top of that with either tap all your creatures or bounce your permanent or just draw a card it becomes this like feel you get this feeling of helplessness where you, no matter what decision you make you lose and in a four mana card that so e- easily and readily accomplish that I don't think that they'll put it back in standard. I think it was a pretty negative experience for most players playing with, loved it, against, universally hated. And then in modern, it became a, a meme for a little while where every you know blue control deck would play three, sometimes four, and and with Snapcaster Mage, and you'd have all these stupid chains with Wilderness Reclamation 2 and blah, blah, blah. And, and like... Cryptic Command became this card that was just universally associated with blue. And and then they made Archmage's Charm, which is arguably better because it's cheaper and does a crazy amount of awesome stuff, right? And four mana is just a lot. And so you already have this stress test between Modern Horizons 1 and Modern Horizons 2, right? Or Modern Horizons 1 and just like cards that exist on top of it. And then when you get Modern Horizons 2, you basically just downshift the format from a three mana format to a two mana format or under. And you get cards like Rogvin, Dragon Race Channeler, Murktide Regent. And then those are just competing in a sea of things that are just completely outdated now. And uh, it, it's just really crazy to see just like cards just evaporate in playability because a four mana counter spell was already not that good. But it was a card that had like a Swiss Army knife worth of text on it. And counter spell was a great part of it. And and now, though, just because the card Urza Saga exists, counterspells are just, like, much worse. And they need to be literally counterspell, a card that they were afraid to print into Modern for, I don't know, 10 years or something. And and now, like, it's counterspell. And then Archmage's Charm, which is just crazy. Just like a, a... It's just a literal crazy magic card. Like, it's just so powerful and diverse and awesome. It's just hard to explain how good it is. Um, because it's just usually trading one for one, right? It's usually cancel, or it's usually you know, counter, draw two cards or whatever, right? It's, like, not that big a deal. But sometimes you steal Death Shadow, 
right? Yeah. Or contract and tokens. And it's yours, stuff. right? But it's then it, but then like you have generated a massive advantage for just three mana, right? Stealing and keeping like a four four death shadow or whatever. It's just mind bogglingly powerful for three mana. And and so then you just like have this insane competition. It's like an arms race. Like what what do you have to do at four mana to be playable? It's like the answer right now is nothing. There's nothing in the format that's playable at four mana. Basically, like everything is like Cascade under, Ragavan, DRC, Thoughtseize, Counterspell, you know, ev- everything that costs more than that's like a an interactive piece like Colgon's Command is like barely playable or whatever, right? Yeah. So like it's just crazy to me that like there's just this huge arms race to the bottom uh for because of efficiency and they they just like kind of injected it artificially into the format and with Modern Horizons was just the I call them the Unholy Trinity. It's a uh, Dragon Race Channeler, Ragavan, and Unholy Heat, and and those three cards just bottleneck the entire format. And then you also have Saga kind of wreaking havoc over there, and Murktide Regent just like being almost a magic card. Like it's cosplaying as being a magic card, but it's really three magic cards in a trench suit <laughs> for two mana. You know, it's just a very large guy. Again, 14-year-old me would be shitting his pants seeing <laughs> Murktide Regent hit play on turn three with Spellpierce backup, right? Like, that would, you were, you're dead. You're dead in 2022. How can Wrath of God compete? You know, like they had to make Supreme Verdict. That it's, is, just an arm, it's just an arms race to the bottom. That is very true. How often are you seeing uh, Wrath of Gods and like Damnations, which when I started playing Modern was like one of those marquee cards to like just start to stabilize shit. And Spell Pierce is becoming like the underlying champion of so many decks now. You got like White Hammer that's like white blue with Spell Pierce in the side to be dealing with shit. Like Spell Pierce is champion for this kind of stuff because it's like all low mana cost tap out low land count no one's going to have a lot of two mana to be uh messing with you to paying for the for the spell pierce and stuff afterwards well it's kind of seen that trend of like a legacy switch yeah the whole thing of like how legacy was originally and everything and that concept thought and like now modern's kind of getting that point too we're slowly moving into a legacy format so i I feel that the legacy modern modern being legacy discussion is just like a whole different pool that could yeah. be it's a whole one hour podcast yes and stuff. Well, but we got well you know what i've got a question for tandy yeah <laughs> tandy have you ever sat and thought th- like you've mentioned a few times now thinking back to your 14 year old self shitting his pants at prices of cards and things man when i was 14 i wish there was some kind of way to know when i should have bought cards when they're cheap or when i should have sold off those god-awful cards like Cryptic Command when they were expensive. Do you wish you had some kind of feature to notify you of what's going on? No, Matt, I think I do wish I had a feature that did something kind of like that. You know, okay, side note real quick. I love that he's playing into this really well. (laughs) This is great. (laughs) Thank you, Tandy, for that. (laughs) Well, then, Tandy, back on track here, have I got this wonderful feature for you tcgsniper.com notifies you when magic or any trading card game product is moving up or moving down when you set it as specific price and notice how i said product i didn't say singular cards i said product because it could be sealed product or it could be singular cards even i still got a a double masters box (laughs) for a notification when it hits uh double masters 2022 for getting a notification when it drops to uh 270 how close are you 
Hasn't happened. Oh, well. <laughs> one, <laughs> day, right. one day. But if you happen to mention that the guys at This Week in MTG sent you, they will give you three months of their plus membership, which allows you to have unlimited uh, notifications on a list. But if you just do their basic membership, you get five places on a list where you can be notified. If Magic products specifically, because you know we're a Magic pro- podcast and everything, uh, move up to a certain price where you want to sell it or down to a certain price where you want to buy it. So... Check them out, and Tandy. Seriously, thank you for playing. Into what that. was the name of that? What was the name of that website again? Oh, tcgsniper.com. Hey, shout out to TCG Sniper. I'm going to go there right after this and check on the price of Desolation Angel, my favorite card from when I was 14 years old. <laughs> Clip it, love it. We Sir, got it. I love how you just Tandy. Seriously, beautiful how you played into that, man. You you fit into the, the fun. Dis- we have fun, man. That's all this podcast is. We, we're, we're casual, but we love the game a lot still, and we try and make it fun that way. But that's that spiel, and now we're into the the, the interview with you, uh, Tandy. Do we, do we want to do the ending and then break into the interview, or are we going straight in? It's all the same. Beautiful. Let's be all do the same. it. Let's go. So, Tandy, we got you on here because you have created a new format and uh, are are pushing it and are getting people to love it and play it, and it is called New School. So I want you to, to just kind of like go on your soapbox to talk about what is New School, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, can I offer a potential alternative? Oh, by all means. All right, Matt, you specifically. Can you tell me in... One sentence, a short sentence. What is New School to you? What? How well have I advertised this to you is what I want to know. Okay, so you've advertised... Uh, my one sentence. New School is extended standard format. You know, that's pretty damn good. That's pretty good. That's fine, right? So uh, essentially, New School is my answer to the woes that Standard is in. Everyone who plays Standard is essentially just playing on arena like there's almost no tabletop play whatsoever um there's and and by that metric there's very few tournaments whatsoever i remember when standard was you know essentially the lifeblood of of selling new booster packs that all these local game stores and you know they had friday night magic and they made standard specifically the friday night magic format for a long time as a way to promote it and reward stores for for playing this format and now it feels like after a couple of years of people not being able to play the the format in paper um, because of COVID lockdown and just, you know, tabletop kind of disappearing for a little while, you know, people's standard collections essentially evaporated by the time that they were able to play again. It was gone. And so why would you want to start from scratch? The whole point was that it was organic, like you were buying new cards of the set anyway to draft or whatever. So why not use those cards in tournaments and and without that draft infrastructure that, that used to be in every store and without that, um, you know, like push for playing standard as a format in those stores, there's very little incentive for stores to even bother running standard events. So I think that one thing that you can do specifically to alleviate some of those issues is you can rotate the format less quickly. I think um, just having half of the, your format rotate every year is a bummer. And, and like half your cards just stop being viable. They kind of disappear. Like, a, you know, it's like chopping off a piece of the iceberg and it's going to melt into this giant sea of cards that just make it unworkable, unviable. Right. And so, uh, what new school is aiming to do is, is, is to just essentially just add two more years worth of sets 
to the mix for this format, for the premier organizational entity that is the rotating format, right? So that it creates churn, right? For So the Wizards can make and sell new booster packs for competitive play. Players get to collect those cards longer, and over time, like their draft winnings and chaff and everything, they, they maintain value because those cards get to interweave with... You know, things in a much less hostile environment for a little while. And then, you know, again, once a year we have a rotation, but it's one year's worth of cards and only 25% of your collection goes, you know, assuming you're only playing standard. But that's where most people start. They're only playing standard, right? Or they're only playing commander or only playing casual. But um, those people who basically don't have a standard collection anymore or stop playing standard because of COVID or whatever reason now still have a couple of years' worth of cards that are viable. And also, um, over the next couple of years, as New School develops and and changes, like, you know, it's, it's got its own ban list. It, it's, you know, we'll talk about that in a minute. But, like, it's it's more about, like, the, the format will change. Cards that are problematic will still eventually rotate. And, and sometimes we might have to ban stuff, and that's okay, too. Um, but what you're really going to see is you're just going to see essentially four years' worth of cards at any given time interact with each other and one of the coolest parts about magic as a game is just watching the pieces you know operate together inside of the engine and when you just have more cool things that are going on because you just have more ways to spotlight those things i think that's that's a really great part of magic and um and sometimes you know these new sets come out like modern horizons 2 or or whatever and and they they bottleneck the format in maybe some some harsh ways but that doesn't mean that they're not fun to play with. I love playing with Ragavan. I love playing with Urza Saga, right? And and New School, we're not we're not trying to say that we don't want you to play with the powerful cards. Right now we have four cards banned. We are Eldraine Forward. The four cards banned are Oko, Thief of Crowns, Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath, Omnath, Locus of Creation, and Once Upon a Time. And I read, wrote a pretty extensive article on why I thought these four cards should be banned, and my theories on the bannings of the format, and I'll, I'll link it to y'all so y'all can post it in the show notes. But essentially, the format is, go nuts. Let's see what breaks, and let's have some fun. But those four, we know they're too good. We don't need to go through that again. So, that's it. New school, Eldrain Ford, four banned cards, that's it. That's what we're doing. We're having tournaments, it's been a lot of fun. The first event... We had not a problem with Luris. I thought Luris might be a huge issue. There were two in the top four. It was pretty good. Iron's Epiphany, there was one that won the whole thing. That one's pretty scary too, right? There's a lot of cards that were really powerful and standard that we have to keep an eye out for. But that's the great part about managing the format, and it's been a lot of fun doing so. So that's new school. So so keeping kind of like on on track with the uh, the bannings and stuff here then. So what will uh, the BNR kind of be following when it comes to uh, – currently being kind of like parallel with standard is there if, if it, there's a standard band will there be one kind of like a new school or um kind of talk more about like your band philosophy because i know you were saying that it's, it's like kind of community driven uh key keely to key you uh, to, to tee you up for one i remember you were talking about Wynota and how you got convinced out of uh because you wanted to ban that and how you got convinced out of not banning that so just kind yeah. of like the the bnr philosophy the uh, if there's going to be parallels to standard so um i actually th- 
If I had my way, I mean, I, I have my way. I can do whatever I want. But I, I'm <laughs> I'm trying to be an impartial judge. I'm trying to limit my my reach and as far as you know the naturally concerning things are in the format's development. And I was gonna ban Winota. I was like pretty ready to. Like I posted a poll on Twitter. I was like, "Is this card really? Do we have to go through this rigmarole again?" But enough people, especially one person that I that I really I consider their opinion to be iron and you know just like hard steel. It's Carmen Handy, Wizards of the Coast representative and awesome employee. Uh, she she said just let people play, you know, just let them play, let them figure it out, and like. That's kind of boiling it down, but like her words mean a lot in that respect. And I and 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 she's right. Like there are some things. Like I said, I I didn't really want to ban anything at the beginning. I know I didn't say that until just now, but I I didn't really want to ban anything at the beginning. But then and at some point, people are just like showing me decklists on stream. And they're like, "Hey, check out this Oko decklist." And I'm like, "Well, Oko's gonna get banned. Holy shit! Like obviously, Oko's gonna get banned. It's Oko. Have you ever played against it in any format? It's a nightmare." Yeah, and so and so then the bandaid got ripped off, right? Once you ban one thing, you got to figure it out. You can't just ban one thing and hope it figures itself out. And so then we went through a couple, and and like the first three were just Oko Uro, and then I I was hard on Omnath. The you know I got banned so fast in in standard, and the people didn't really get a chance to see how stupid it was. It was stupid. Uh, it's it's a broken magic card. <laughs> it does not deserve any spotlight that it ever gets. It's too much for right. four man. It's too much. It does so. And much. so, yeah, it does so much for so little investment. It's crazy, and it returns a card on cast. It's crazy. It's a silly magic card. So, um, but my my whole theory with the format is I kind of just want to let people sort themselves out. So we have fires invention. We have Yorian. We have um, you know Luris as companions, and we got. You know, Auron's Epiphany is fine, and Divide by Zero is great, and, and any, you know, a lot of the stuff that got nerfed for Alchemy, right, it's not nerfed. It's, we're just in a bigger format. Things are going to self-contain, and if they don't, we might ban them, right? I want to be clear on that. We might ban Winota, so don't go, you know, getting all, you know, don't go specking on Winota. Oh, man, Tanny's going to let Winota survive forever. It's like, no, no, it won't. Not If it's a problem, I'll ban it for sure. So... Anyway, that that's the gist of it. Just uh, it's bad vibes. Like we're just going on vibes right now. I think that's a, a very good place to kind of be, especially with the new formats. Um, I kind of gotta in my head go back to when Pioneer became a format, and there was a lot of discussion as things were getting banned at the beginning, as where Pioneer started with uh, just the five fetch lands, and then just kind of expanding from there, where they're like, oh, here's these decks that are now starting to do things. Uh, we see that these cards are kind of bonkers. Uh, Leyline of Abundance was one of the first ones that were on the chopping block there. And stuff. So when it comes to seeing tournament play and, and more, Oh, uh, but before I even get, get into that. So uh, let everybody know, like this isn't something that you can play on arena or on moto. It's uh, you got to do it in a way of making a friendly match first. It's not like a select option. Correct. Yes. So new new school is a format that is community run. There is not Wizards of the Coast support, so you cannot just submit a new school deck and play against your friend. There's no tournaments being run, as far as I know, at the moment. Um, and if you want to play, you have to do it essentially in a free form capacity. And on Magic Online, there's literally a mode called free form when you're deck building, and that's the one you want. 
If you're on Arena, um, it's a more complicated process. Uh, as far as I know, you just change the deck type to limited open or limited friendly or something like that. And and then you can just build whatever you want. And then it uses like unnerfed versions of all the cards. Um, I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm. I'm not like huge on arena, so I, I don't exactly know how to do it on there. But people do play it on arena a bunch in my Discord, and I will be having an arena event at some point in the near future. Yeah, it, there's a whole Discord community as well behind this, and I'll, yeah. I'll be making sure. To we have over 500 people joined since we started. You know, I actually started it right, you know, like a week before Christmas, and and in that time period, just like hundreds of people just joined really quick, and um and then I you know I announced a tournament. We had a sponsor. It was awesome. We had a, a big $500 open event with a 64 person cap because we started at you know freaking 7 p.m. on a weekday because it was around christmas time and i couldn't and, you know christmas was on a freaking sunday so it was just like ruined the whole weekend <laughs> um so yeah so we had the first new school event on like the 23rd or 22nd on a wednesday and uh and it was crazy man like people loved it and and i loved it i did commentary over a bunch of the matches we you know and we paid out cash and uh shout out to apex gaming again caldwell ohio they're great folks and they sponsored the tournament and uh, i really like them so this is, this is maybe like more of a side thing here, but how awesome is it to have someone like Apex come and support a uh, a fledgling format, community driven formats with just a five hundred dollar cash prize for something like that? I think that's fucking crazy, in my opinion, and stuff. So I imagine yeah, for you who, who created. I agree. Like, I mean, I you know I I work with them. They're great. They so um, it's two brothers from Caldwell, Ohio. They. Uh, collectively own and operate multiple businesses in the area and they have recently started a gaming store in the last couple of years and it's been kind of you know blowing up they started their own tournament series they um you know they go it's all in the ohio valley area but it, it extends into other states now too but uh but they have like their own little tournament series it's, it's awesome and uh, but kyle and taryn are the two brothers that run it and and kyle like he man he's just awesome he's a he's a super generous guy super nice person whenever ross and i go do commentary there we're going in two weeks i'm it's like christmas man he's gonna take us to dinner you know he's he's inviting us to our house or to his house to like play shuffleboard hang out and stuff and like drink some beers and it's gonna be a great time like they're my friends now and and not only that but like they are also operating in one of the most i would consider like fundamentally fundamentally good capacities you can operate in in the mtg space like their tournaments they take in essentially zero dollars from any of the entries and they just pay everything back into price support they're, they're kind of like a fledgling store right they have a, an online version and stuff and they're trying to do these tournaments and stuff but they're thinking long game man they like kyle like i i, I <laughs> This probably comes up a lot, but like I assume, like you've many of you have seen Breaking Bad, but like there's this one part where Walter White just like refuses millions of dollars, and he says, "We're not in the millionaire business. We're in the empire business." And I think the Apex is in it for the long haul. So I'm I'm very happy to work with them. I think that they are uh, very smart and very good people. Definitely a huge shout out to to Apex Gaming. They're on Twitter, and I'll make sure to link them below if anybody's interested to follow them to keep up with these tournaments that are coming in two weeks. You said, yeah, he said two weeks. Yeah, okay. It'll be a week from Saturday. It's the fourteenth. 
Okay, to to wrap her back here to more news uh, to to the new school format. Uh, how are you planning to like just kind of maintain? I, th- I feel it was pretty covered there. Just saying it's like very community driven. But how's like the main maintenance of uh, new school kind of laid out, and what do you got planned for something like that? Well, I kind of want to give it a boost in the arm and just throw down like a one k or something. Um, I might have to do a little fundraiser to do that. You know. Uh, it's, uh, running, running stuff is not cheap. Like I looked into building a website. It was kind of cheap or kind of not expensive, but like, you know, I've been looking into the cost of, of like really pushing it and trying to sell it and, and trying to think of like ways to monetize it and, and ways to, to cultivate it. And, and in both situations, it requires help from outside entities. And I've reached out to various sponsors and, and I've tried like very low stakes, like investment, just like, Hey, can we get... $250 a month to just run one tournament a month and like crickets, man. And, but, but apex gaming was just like right there, super hard hitting very early on and like gave us the $500 for the opening tournament. But now, now it's like on me. Right. And so I got to figure out another sponsor or I got to start fronting myself and, and it's pretty tough either way. So we're still waiting to hear back from a couple. Um, and, uh, I need to do a little bit of networking in the next few days to see if we can uh, get a sponsor for one coming up. I'm definitely excited to see how, how that goes. And I don't know, maybe, maybe we can like toss a, toss a hand into the ring here or something to assist because this seems new school as a format. I just like the idea of having uh, a wider open churning kind of format where everything yeah. just seems to be like pioneer and modern. Everyone's focused on that it's, stuff stays set in stone until a new gar- card gets printed or that's just the, the, the churn happens There's a little it, bit of movement. Yeah. It gives you some like feel of, I don't know, like maybe this is just like my dummy brain of just like trying to simplify it. It's, but it's, it's like what draft does how each season it's like, Oh, oh new, you're absolutely new, right. New format kind of thing. And new cards get added and it's not as detrimental of an addition and stuff. Like I remember when thought sees was added to standard and people were losing their fucking mind for that and it's like <laughs> how does thought how would thoughtsies have played in a format that had four just four sets to play with to is something and now how how is something like um fires of invention comparing uh, having two extra set two extra years of cards to be able to help keep that uh in bay in check and stuff so I suppose, so a question I kind of have on that, speaking of like the modern and pioneer not really moving, uh, Tandy, are you anticipating right now? I know I know new school's very much in the early stages and everything, but running into that kind of where the meta doesn't change all that much because you've got four more years, or do you think because, or not four more years, but longer duration of cards being legal within the format? Kind of the extended fear? Yeah. Like back in the day with extended? Yeah, so the um the whole point is like if if something gets out of hand, I'm I'm fine to ban it. You know, like I'm not really gonna dance around that. Um I think that it's important to be open about your philosophy when it comes to the health of a format. And I think that uh on one hand, like Wizards of the Coast, if they were in, in charge of it, they would be beholden to investors, like people who are like really putting a lot of harder money into this stuff. And and I feel that way too. I, I feel like I do, but I but I want to be clear. If uh, if a card is extremely unfun to play against, if it's extremely powerful and dominant, and boxes out the rest of the format, I have no qualms banning Winota or Hours Epiphany or anything else. And but until they prove to me that they're troublesome, they get to stay. 
And because because it's a bigger format, there are more checks. Like imagine you get mystical dispute now to fight Iron's Epiphany that just like didn't exist before. I think that's a, a pretty huge check. Um, I think you know the format is actually existing in such a way right now where duress is main deck playable, and that's pretty cool. Like if duress is actually good, like we get to see still those same kind of like you know mid range decks that can play like two and three drops, like the Rectos Aggro deck with Blood Tide Harvester and Graveyard Trespasser, and those decks can function and and maybe even thrive like they can you know b- burrow out their place in the metagame and um but i just want to see what works and what doesn't you know if, if stuff's too powerful it, it'll go but until until it's dominant like this is a field of killers right this these are the last five years of cards are unforgiving and <laughs> we're talking about fires of invention and stuff like that like it's it's ridiculous and um and so, like, until something really proves troublesome, it's going to stay. That's it. Cool. So, so I guess this, uh, when it comes to, like, bringing up Fires of Adventure and just, like, how many cards are in here, especially these last five years of car, or, uh, like, Eldraine Ford, the power level on these cards are are high and people just, like, have a bad taste in their mouth, something like that. How does a format then, like, uh, New School, then with that, with these being like the 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 marquee cards how do they compete how, how do you believe that new school will compete with pioneer with modern and stuff when you're going to be seeing uh i don't know maybe if people have like that bad taste still from uh throne and uh stuff like that so one of the the biggest pushbacks i got was from like notable magic players expressing their disdain for eldraine and I actually find, found it as a point of pride in myself that I chose a starting point that is maybe somewhat a little controversial, but also can really flex the the just expressive nature of the format's identity where can X number of years more worth of cards contain the most heinous of monsters? You know, like, does it need to be Pioneer level back? to be able to do that, right? Do we need that many years worth of cards to find the checks and balances necessary to, to some of the really push designs that were thrown out the door? And if you get to a point where uh, the answer is like, no, like we have to keep banning stuff, then standards was would have been worse. You know, like standard would have been way worse. And so at the very least, we're just giving more cards a shot to do the thing to, like, protect you from the worst of the worst. And so, you know, maybe maybe one thing that I'm actually concerned about is that it'll be four years worth of cards. And so they actually might, might tilt more powerful as opposed to current level. Current level was was pretty freakish, if, if, if I'm being realistic. Like, you know, like, it's just some of the cards printed in the last five years are... I go and rants about it on stream a bunch. I really don't like to, but I've just watched the game kind of just boil down to these core components where only a few game pieces matter in any given game or match of across multiple formats too, like these cards. And, um, and if I think that if in, in standard specifically, some of the cards like divide by zero is like my best example. Divide by zero should never have been banned. Like, I'm sorry. Like it, that card is fine on rates. Like it is, not close to Repulse. Like, Repulse was significantly better. They never reprinted Repulse. They never banned Repulse either. Like, there, there's just so many cards throughout history that if, if they wanted to put into Standard, would have been worse for Standard than Divide by Zero, but ultimately, out like, lived throughout their entire format. And and so, it's just weird to me to, to have cards like that just get banned because 
some other cards are too strong, right? Goldfin Dragon's too strong, so now divide by zero becomes time walk, and and like, t- you know, and then hours epiphany making two birds is time walk plus, and so you just get this deck that's just full of these, you know, the arc just goes crazy when you hit like three and five mana, and a lot of it was because divide by zero essentially elongates the games by playing cards that slow your opponent down, just trip them up. Don't they don't even like necessarily answer the thing. While also giving you a land drop out of it, right? You are essentially incentivizing a, a longer game progression on average. And when you do that, the the games tend to just skew way towards the person going over the top. And Hour's Epiphany and Emergent Ultimatum are just like perfect examples of cards that just way exploit game scenarios that involve cards like Divide by Zero. And so when you zoom out the format a little bit, when you add in Winota to the mix, when you add in a bunch of those really powerful Eldrain you know, adventure creatures, and then you get, like, some of the the more cool stuff from Standard that hasn't really gotten to see play because a lot of those, like, cards in Standard are actually, like, really good and kind of oppressive in such a way that, like, you know, like Rafine or whatever. Rafine's a ridiculous magic card and sees no play in Pioneer for some reason. Um, uh, Anyway, uh, so you just get, like, some of these cards that get a new chance to shine because they get to get paired with a card that, uh, that didn't exist in its Standard format. Like, I'm getting to play uh, Third Path Iconoclast now alongside Expressive Iteration. And, like, that's cool. That's really awesome. Those two cards pair incredibly well together, and they give me good brain chemicals. So, like, I think it's okay to have a slightly bigger format with slightly more powerful cards interacting together. And that's what we're trying to cultivate. But I don't want to scare people away by just immediately banning, like, here's every baddie of the past five years, and everything that's been on the ban list is now banned in New School. I don't want that. I want to prove basically that the format can handle it and until it can't. It really feels like new school could be like this nice little happy uh, medium to be able to play with cards in a contained capacity, but without being uh, too overtly, uh, I don't know what the right word is. Uh, I'm just drawing a blank. Aggressive. Yeah, there we go. Overly aggressive and stuff. Cards like, uh, you know, maybe shieldred you see in a lot of that in in pioneer and stuff like it's i don't know maybe shield is a bad example anyways anyways what do you see as like key attractions to new school for new players that are just like coming into magic itself or just veteran players itself um so a lot of people when we were first playing new school on stream they they said that they thought that the gameplay looked a lot like original pioneer it was very unexplored we were all kind of bumbling around trying to find you know um optimal configurations of various decks that we thought could be cool and eventually you know wizard of the coast made it a real thing and then they made tournaments for it and we played tournaments and the and the decks all kind of you know shaved down to their bare components because there's just the more raw number of humans you have doing a thing right you just get to efficiency 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 that's what humans do best and so um, when it came to uh, the beginning of Pioneer, it was pretty open and exploratory, and the opening days of New School were the same. When we got to the, the tournament itself, we get a little bit a better picture of what's going on. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, I forgot the original question. I just got on a little tangent. I'm sorry. What was uh, the original question? What do you see as like key attractions that uh, new players, oh, like new to Magic, can uh, take away from this, or even just veteran players from the New School format? To get them interested. I mean, I I played a lot of you know arena in the last 
five years. Like I, I actually have like a reasonable size collection and, and I played a bunch with my cards. And when those cards rotated, I never touched them again. And so new school is a way for you to get a little more longevity out of your cards on arena, or if you just have stuff on magic online um, or even in paper, you know, eventually my goal is for this to replace standard. I don't want this to ever exist in the same space as standard. And if they ever contacted me outright and said, Hey, standard is going to be the same forever. You can let it go. I'll be like, okay, uh, it's done. Um, but I think that this is a happy medium, right? Like you said, we, this is just a place where more your more cards you own are legal for longer in a competitive, relevant format. And this is supposed to be a competitive format. I want this to be tournaments out the wazoo. I think it could be great. And um, and I think that it's also just a, a great place for deck builders to to explore. This is. Uh, just a, a new space, you know, like every single format is just made up until someone says, hey, this is the thing. And and Wizards of the Coast is usually the person that says that's the thing. But that's not the case anymore. Like there's all pe- sorts of people playing old school and pre-modern and, and whatever. And so now if you just have a format that you want to play, you can like offer it up and people can play it and for money or for bragging rights or whatever, or just start a, a league. And um and like this is a thing new school offers now, and it, and I think standard specifically has just moved so far away from tabletop and so far away from from premier level play that I would rather see them at least do something to reinvigorate it. And at the moment, all they have done to reinvigorate it is say this is the format for this tournament in the future, like this pro tour or regional championship. Uh, and I think it's the regional championship in San Diego. It's standard. And like all I can think to myself is big deal. Show me that you want it to be a real format. Do things that incentivize me as a content creator, as a as a magic player, as just someone who's competitive. Just like give me incentive to play this format and I will play it. That, uh, but they but they haven't really done that. And so now I've just taken it upon myself to try to just show them that we can do something better. And if if me, little me, just sitting in a fucking car for five hours on my phone can figure it out and make it real by getting sponsors and getting hundreds of players interested in this new format over the course of a week? Are you kidding me? And then I just hear nothing but negative shit about Standard constantly from every single person I know. And, and it's just, it's really demoralizing because Standard used to be like the pinnacle of competitive play. It really was. And now it's nothing. It's it's a, a cliff note on history. And I, I just want them to do something. And I think that old, our new school could be that thing. I'm just really excited about it. I was going to say, I mean, you brought up San Diego. And I, I know I played at one of the RCQs recently here in town. And that was, I didn't realize what what tournament i was playing to get into and they're like yeah it's standard <laughs> i contemplated going and i'm done i'm dropping out of the <laughs> tournaments but i mean that just kind of goes to show like i'm just an average i would say i'm an average player like i play more modern and commander than anything but you know as soon as they're like yeah standard i'm like yeah no i'm good thanks I, I, I don't think we mentioned this before, but for how, how new of a format new school is this officially you officially made the announcement december 15th or something like that it's like very fresh still it's not even at a full month correct yeah. dandy 
Yeah, it's less than a month old. I, I, I literally thought of it on the Monday after the NRG in Louisville. We were just literally in the car on the way back, and I was thinking about ways to fix standard, and I was just like pulling Ross, Miriam, and uh, my buddy Elliot Raff, who's level three judge. He literally ju- had judged both events, so like I trust all the things that, what, that we're talking about when we're just like shooting the shit. And um, and like I was just like, what? Like San Diego is just going to be such a bummer. Like, what could they do to standard to make it better? And we and I started thinking about like, what if we just like went back to the old extended model and like did four years, but like without. The problem with extended, and this is something that I bring up a lot when I talk about new school, is extended was was initially planned to be there for competitive play alongside standard. But when they were doing that, they were they had so many blocks that were so block centric in their abilities, and so many decks were built that were literally just cookie cutter decks based on this one set or these two sets. And so you just had a lot of the same decks that were in standard just showing up in extended. And then the one time that I remember playing extended for real stakes was, uh, I think, Grand Prix Atlanta, like 2012, 2011, something like that. And um, this was when, like, Scape Shift was legal in in, in, uh, in extended and, like, Valakut was there with it. And it was kind of scary. And then there was also like fairies with bitter blossom and stuff. Like it was legit, like a powerful format with Bloodbraid Elf. Like these four years were really, really ridiculous. And and like this stretch of cards altogether was was pretty cool. But like it was all just stuff we had been playing with for the last three years. So like it wasn't anything new. And I and I think people will understand that new school is also not anything new. It is just a thing that I think would be better than standard and I, and I don't want to sugarcoat it I just want it to replace standard and I think it'll be better I know for sure you'd have Danny on your boat for sure he's not here to speak for himself but yeah. he shits on standard so much and shits on alchemy and explore and well, I don't want to shit on stuff too bad uh, I, th- I think in my past I've been pretty pretty bad about that I will say specifically that Explorer is pretty cool, and a lot of people who play Explorer come into my channel asking about Pioneer because Explorer and Pioneer are kind of intrinsically linked until the the sets kind of finish out. Yep. And um and like those people like they they just can only play on Arena at that point, right? Like that's why. Otherwise, like they would be playing Pioneer. Like if they're in my channel looking to play Pioneer, but they're playing Explorer, that just means that's all they have access to. And I think that that more than anything is just kind of a failing of Arena as a as a whole. But also, like, it's kind of great that eventually it's going to be there. It's just kind of taking a while, man. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder if some of that does deal, does deal with, like, MTGO still, though, too. Like, how much balance do you play with on how many cards should we put into this versus people with their collections and everything that are still valuable on another online source? Because, like, you don't want to give up everything, yeah. which is... You know, I mean, the realistic dream for most Magic players would be like, yes, just give it all up and we play on this one server instead and it's done. Yeah. But, you know, the dollar amounts and everything like that just creates the problem and the secondary market that lives on the MTGO sites and everything else, too, is your issue. But, like, even to double back, though, about what you were talking about with, like, standard and stuff and, like, we are talking about things like when I'm listening to this and, like, my fear, like I said originally, was, like, the extent, extended fear, which we talked about, where... You're just shuffling the same decks down the road. Like I like the idea that I feel that the the correct choice is like like Tanny saying like if this is something that should be the replacement for standard, 
And that was probably the biggest failure was to not realize that the smaller card pool doesn't give you enough wiggle room to be creative, but also doesn't give you enough like insight on seeing how to fix something because like you look at old standards and how like they were the hype and i remember like watching a lot of stuff on youtube or whatever you could find on originally for like internet sources but like i just remember my my thing in my head i was thinking about like how how would you make standard better and it's like the thought process of of remembering original cobblade days and like how it took until the very end of rotation for jace and stoneforge to be booted out onto that list and it's like that was a market issue of you you had really good cards that were valuable in their own sense at that time but you didn't want to give them up so that players could try to advance themselves be better and that's where like i i would agree that this is this is a good push and i feel that i think this will have a very positive push for everybody because you speak to the heart of a lot of people that like myself who've been playing for 20 plus years like we don't want to play standard right now because it's not enjoyable and it's the same trash over and over in a sense like great cards everything else for your commander your pioneer your modern legacy like all that stuff gets better and enjoyable to play with but like your smaller formats you're just like meh but i like i like the idea of it i think and that's the the pivotal thing tanya for you that you've said is more important than anything is like this is something that you would wish could replace standard and then actually make it worthwhile and i think that is the one thing if watsy really cares and hears all of their fans and stuff about this stuff like that would be the thing that they should really key in on is like you want to you want to embrace what the fans care about the most and like generating more positive push for the card game that they want to sell to us no i agree i um i think they would do well to to at least do something you know and uh this is just one offering and it is humbly offered, you know. I, I, I got uh, two things to say. The first thing is when it comes to standard itself, just kind of like more um, showcasing how standard has kind of like really not been what competitive players have been looking at. The previous like mythic championships have shown like the homogenization of decks where top eights have six or five copies of one kind of deck in there. And it's just like having a the a two-year pool with all these ridiculous powerful cards and it's like oh these are just kind of like the best of the best and stuff there and that leads into the second point which is kind of like a theoretical question for you tandy is like when it comes to that theoretical of wizards making these powerful cards and having four years of uh for, for if if new school would be like the premier takeover of standard if wizard still makes like these powerful cards where you get all runs epiphany you get shieldridge you get uh omnath and stuff like this where four years of cards for their premier set how do you think that would look for wizards to keep pushing more cards like uh omnath 2.0 or like omnath 1.5 kind of a thing like for them to just be like okay larger pool more cards that potentially deal with things we can keep putting out like this kind of stuff and the, the theoretical and stuff so i mean there's cl- there's yeah, clearly it, it just creates its own balance issues like you just have people that are working behind the scenes that you know depending on whatever format that they're building for like that they'll take that again into consideration and they have stress testers that that check stuff before it goes out the door to see if it breaks like 
modern or or legacy or commander or whatever right like they even you know i, I know uh sheldon talked about it in his article he said like the the commander rules committee gets contacted about the new sets right like they they have an input on things that might break commander and one of the things that they brought up was shield red and it's suppression ability and it's uh, doubling ability just seemed like it would be kind of a headache and and all of them seem to be relatively on board and they printed it anyway and like that just means that they were so excited about pushing the card and, and the fact that it's powerful. Like, they're right. It's powerful, right? The commander committee thinks it's too powerful. You know, they're going to give it a run to see if it's too powerful. And maybe they'll ban it at some point. Who knows? But um, but but as far as, like, a, a selling point for New School, if you want to start pushing cards, you're going to break something. And they, they were already doing that by making insane legends. If you notice three of the cards on the ban list are legends or legendary permanents, like yeah. they're just named characters and they just keep taking these named characters and giving them just buku powerful level stuff. Like even like one of my favorite cards printed in the last couple of years is Chandra Dress to Kill and that card is crazy good. Oh, that yeah. card just does so much cool stuff in Pioneer with the spectacle cards and um, it's just like a constant source of damage to turn on specific stuff, but it allows you to play companions like Obosh, so you get that extra mana. Actually, matters like all the time. And with Bone Crusher Giant and Den of the Bugbear, you just always have use for the mana. It's just a, it's just a magical card. Like it's just so good. And and so like you just have this situation where you just have to decide: do you want to design for a slightly bigger pool? And if you do, that's fine. But it's not like they're not already designing for a slightly bigger pool like they are making cards that are just breaking modern and breaking legacy constantly cards like Ragavan and um you know omnath hasn't been banned in modern uh, or pioneer and I, I understand why not in pioneer but in modern man it's kind of messed up like i don't know like who i have to explain it to but like omnath is not okay for i mean it just makes burn unplayable for one it makes like most aggressive decks in general just like non-existent and when the Yorian deck was like the top deck in the format, it was extremely oppressive. And they banned Yorian, and Omnath kind of like went off to the side or whatever, and it's not as popular, but it still exists, and it's still really good. Well, you still I hear two really a lot of decks that show up with it, too. There's yeah, a, I, I just never really got it, man. It's just too easy to cast. It does too much. Like, well, yeah, especially so with adding your Triome lands, cycle completion, and fetch lands their stuff making so easy to play it's real yeah yeah and four colors used to be a real drawback like if you remember from original ravnica they had a cycle of cards called nephilim they were just yep. four mana creatures that had like none of them had enters the battlefield abilities they were all pretty medium like to bad um but people like started to associate themselves with the color combinations because those color combinations represented who they were or whatever right and it became like Okay, now what does the non-black color denomination mean for Omnath, right? Like, what is if you're an Omnath guy, what does that say about you? And I, but I don't think that that's fair because Omnath is just an, an incredibly pushed, and like it's pushed because of this previous notion that multicolor things can be more powerful because they cost different colors of mana, and the more different colors you add, the more powerful it can be. But then you start to really push the boundaries of that. Even Nivmas at Payrune. Or is it Payrune? Or yep. uh, Payrune Living Guild Pacts? Yep. Is it Living? Anyway, the one that uh, is five colors. That, oh, that yeah. Nivmizit was the pinnacle of mid-range in multiple formats, including modern, for like a year, maybe two years or something. And then they made Omnath, and Omnath was just one color less mana and also extremely powerful and also kind of fit into the same style of decks. But then people realized that 
Omnath was just crazy with stuff like Fable Passage, and then when you get into Modern, it's like, it's just ridiculous with a bunch of these other stuff. And then they just give you, like, you know, six, 20 pitch elementals that, that, that like, make playing Omnath, it just becomes yeah. a multicolored pitch card, too. It was just somewhat perverse in its deck building incentives, and uh, I just I just really dislike the card in general in theory. And that is why it's on the new school ban list. <laughs> All that yeah, stuff right much. there. And, and you pretty don't much. even need like uh, any kind of like ridiculous uh, fetch lands and stuff. That, no, like, you, just, you have stuff. you have cards. That Fable, can do Fable it, so. Passage is still legal. Like yeah. it's still yeah. there. That's right. Oh my god, that's ill drained. Oh, I love it. Well, it's also M twenty M twenty one. Yeah, I was uh, reprinted yeah. in there too. So. so it'll be around for a little while in New School. Well, yeah, well, Omnath won't, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Omnath's dead. Who cares? So, so I think Anthony, you're the one that had this question up here. The uh, for the the name. Yeah, I was really so. Tandy, my my curious question was, and um, I mean, I had a few of them that I wrote down too for these that we've asked you, right? But like mainly, my thought process is, is being an older player, also in the sense of why choose the name for the format to be New School. And what were some of your other choices? Uh, so long story short, uh, I just wanted something that maybe conveyed that it was going to be four years worth of stuff. And I thought that, you know, school in general was like a good, um, I don't know, like skeleton to, to present to players like, oh, OK, so four years worth of cards are legal. You know, in the in the at one point in the year, some set like or some number of years worth of stuff will graduate. Yep. Right. And so I kind of I just built a theme around it. Right? I, I, I literally did this like on a napkin in the car, but it was my phone. You know, like it was yep. just, uh, hey, this sounds kind of cool. Like, let's let's do this. And then by the time I get home on Monday, I've already figured out, you know, a bunch of different things I'm going to do for the discord that I'm going to create. And I'm going to I don't know. I just did a lot of work in like three days. And then uh, and then within a week, we had a tournament set up with with stuff. It, it was very fast. But new school stuck because the there there's already a format called old school. I don't know if you know this. And old yep. school is literally just like pre-modern, I think. But maybe it's even yeah. worse than that. Maybe it's like anything that was ever printed in new border is just not legal. It's just like I think you can only use old legal border cards, or it's just only things that have old borders. Like maybe you can print anyway. But new old school already exists, and so I was like, oh, well, I could just call it new school, and it has like a play on that as well. And um, I don't know. I just didn't want to call it extended. Extended had had bad branding, and um, and I didn't. And I and I wanted this to feel like something different because I think it is. Yeah, no, that's legitimate. I, like I said, it was just it's more of a picking the mind to find out why. Because like for myself, I saw a new school and I was like, there's got to be a story behind why this is what it is. Because the same as like people's argument for like. Uh, like Pioneer, Frontier, like all these different names that come up with. And it's like, yeah, yeah Frontier existed. And then all of a sudden it's Pioneer. And I'm like, oh, okay. But no, I like... They I like, changed it and then turned yeah. it into a real format. Like you can't just call it Frontier if it's different, right? You have to say yep. this is an homage. And it very clearly was, right? Like Frontier was a thing for a little while before Pioneer existed. And and now it's no really longer a thing because of Pioneer. Like it just supplanted yep. it. Nope. But like I said, I like the I like the, the basis of the explanation behind the name of it. Um and yeah, it all makes sense and it's I, I dig it. Oh yeah. 
so with the new school format being a thing, you've probably seen so many different decks. You've tested a lot. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think you're very excited about the Is It deck with Third Path Iconoclast. So my question yeah. to you is, what is your favorite current deck in the new school format? Uh, so the one that got second in our tournament was a, essentially just a blue-red deck that played Luris. And that in itself was kind of scary because Luris is just incentivizing just perverse mana bases. And so you just have to take that into consideration when you're thinking about ban and stuff. Um, but it's basically just a blue-red deck that splashes for Luris and for Power Word Kill just as a spot removal spell that deals with stuff. But that that's my favorite deck right now. It's just literally blue-red stuff with Ledger Shredder, Third Path Iconoclast, uh, Sprite Dragon, Expressive Iteration, a bunch of removal spells. It just looks awesome. Perfect. I think we're, uh, I think, is is there anything else that you want to, like, tie up to, like, wrap up uh, New School as a format that you want to, like, highlight uh, the final pitch for uh, the listeners out there and new people that are just, like, first time hearing about New School? Mostly that, you know, this is just um, a different way to play Magic. Magic's a great game because you can carve out whatever section of it you want and make stipulations, whatever you want them to be, and you can play the game because... The game itself is just this engine, and Wizards of the Coast just offers us up thousands and thousands of game pieces every every year, and and now we just get to basically pick and choose what we want to do. And while I'm a, a standard aficionado, I love standard. I wish it got more love, but something needs to change. Something needs to happen to, to give it an injector boost or, or whatever, and I think we've moved far enough away from pioneer that a four-year standard would not feel that close to pioneer right and i think that the last four years specifically have been powerful enough that they feel extremely different because a lot of the cards that are uh banned or even legal from the last four years printed in the last four years are banned in, in pioneer and so it's already like pretty divorced from from a different play experience and I think it's significantly different enough than standard that it would it would give you like a, a lot of good you know dopamine boosters for for building new decks and testing out different matchups and stuff and like really pressing on the pressure points of the format to see if specific cards are too powerful or too strong and to actually dominate these tournaments that we're going to have and um and i think it, it's just a, a new way to play magic and if you like playing magic you'll probably enjoy it uh, the last four years have been pretty cool a lot of really powerful stuff going on and uh and a lot of it kind of checks each other out so yeah come check out new school it's fun we're going to be linking to everything down below to the Discord to the to, oh we didn't even mention there's a Reddit as well for new schools. So all yeah, we just started a Reddit. I actually haven't really been on it too much. Uh, there's a guy named Viper from uh, from our Discord who's like he's been a mod on Reddit a bunch and and various Discords for other um, you know fledgling formats like our own. And uh, and he had a lot of insight. He actually built the Discord as far as like all the rooms and stuff are concerned. He's been uh, a lifesaver. So shout out to Viper. Shout out to Viper for being a badass. Yeah, uh, everything is going to be linked down below for getting uh, incorporated with New School, playing it, checking it out, seeing all this stuff. And, of course, following Tandy, he has uh, some videos and stuff already up on his YouTube yep. for this. So yep. be checking sure that do. out. Now, Tandy, before we get to the ending, we do have uh, a little thing that we do to all the people that come on that we like interview. And we have all this right. thing called the Quicksilver Questions. So these are going to be fast questions. We ask them to you pretty quickly, and you just got to think of the answer right off the top of your head, preferably no lollygagging and all that stuff. All right, no lollygagging. I got it. Okay. Starting off, do you pay the one? Never. 
Pineapple on pizza, yeah or nah? Eh. eh there was that a eh or a yeah? I'm in between eh. Okay, all right. We'll have to add that into the options. <laughs> I don't like it, but like I don't, you know, I'm not like, oh man, people who eat it are evil. Like that's there, there's a very <laughs> weird camp that I do not want to be associated with. I just don't really like it that much. What is the largest animal that you think you could take on in a fight? Mm, uh, otter. Now finish this sentence. Wake me up before you go go. Yes. Fucking just like Kelly, right? <laughs> oh, it's wonderful, Tandy. It's it, it it has been such a pleasure. Your your knowledge, your passion for magic is is clear, and I love it. And I hope that people listening can like catch that from you. And if if they haven't if they haven't heard of you or if they haven't followed you, like if they if they're listening to us before they have heard of you, they got their priorities uh, cross wired and stuff here. Oh, man. But y'all are dipping your toes in extremely different waters from my own, man. Y'all y'all are talking about a lot of stuff in the beginning that I didn't know what you're talking about. So just know that you have an audience that is not part of my audience and i'm here because of that because this is about more than being competitive and being a tournament guy or just being like a a personality on twitch like i think standard needs some resuscitation i think this could be it and and with that uh give us your final plugs for people to follow you so that way you know all right there we go uh twitch.tv slash tandy uh patreon.com slash tandy uh, youtube.com slash tandy mtg those are the three ones that give me money uh, you can also follow me on twitter that's where i give you jokes and magic takes and everything um tandy mtg on twitter you know i, I got a million things i can plug those are the ones that i give a shit about though so we'll be done with that perfect and i'll be linking them down below so here we are at the ending thank you to all you legendary magic folk for making to the end of episode 168 of this week in mtg thank you to our patreons who think that this content that you just listened to is worth supporting also want to give a shout out to jdub sports cards and uh, sports cards and gaming for sponsoring us if you're looking for anything magic related go check them out now does anybody else have anything that they just want to like wrap a nice little bow on the end of this podcast i got nothing uh, for our viewers in the future, I'm going to be getting something together for that Urza build that I've been talking about for like the last month. Much hype. Yeah, much hype. All right. And much fail. Uh, <laughs> for anyone who is looking to play Pioneer RCQs, uh, I am making a lot of Pioneer content on my Patreon and doing cyborg guides and shit. And if you're looking to play them in FNM or any of those level tournaments, uh, that's where you can find them. Uh, old school written guides like that don't exist that much anymore. Out in the wild, but they're very useful for learning the ins and outs of the formats. So check me out. Patreon.com slash Tandy. Beautiful. And with that magic, we're going to get next time. See ya. Bye. Bye. Congratulations, you made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much! Go fuck yourself!